This podcast proudly brought to you by Moss Shot Shells. Old school is back in season. Experience superior shells when you go with Boss Shot Shells. Their premium, non-toxic bismuth shells knock birds down so hard that the old guys might just think they're shooting lead again. Make sure you check out Boss Shot Shells for your next purchase of shotgun shells. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me for episode 100. Can't believe we made it here. Appreciate you guys following along. And I know some of you guys have been here since the beginning. So big shout out to you guys who've been out here since the beginning. Um, But this episode, a little bit different. Um, We did our first live stream in a long time, a live stream podcast. So um, ended up, honestly, I'm going to roll a lot of the raw kind of behind the scenes just because I thought it was super interesting to see how that all panned out and we had some interesting topic that or interesting conversation we normally wouldn't have necessarily had so um, just gonna roll into it I explain for the people listening on the live stream so I'm just gonna leave that to you guys um, and yeah it's gonna be awesome so stay tuned first a quick word from our partners and then we'll jump into the main episode Gunner's American-made dog boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the market's only CPS crash test certification. The guys over at Gunner Kennels have conducted major stress tests to show just how strong they really are, like applying 4,000 pounds of force, dropping a 630-pound hammer from 8 feet, and shooting it with a 12-gauge shotgun at 7 paces with no bullet penetration. Engineered for your dog and built for your peace of mind. Gunner doesn't cut any corners. Nothing comes close to the G1. Go to GunnerKennels.com and use code DuckGun10 at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at ShotCam. Now, I've been using ShotCam for the last year, and I can tell you right now, it's a great tool for improving your shooting, whether you're doing clays or live birds or just want to see some cool footage of your shots after the fact make sure to check out shotcam.com and use discount code duckgun at checkout for $40 off <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited we didn't really about build this. that one that much. So. No, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. Before we actually get into the actual actual podcast, we kind of have a little bit of announcing. Um, we're gonna actually start doing a little bit more of these uh, live streams. So it's been a while. Um, we did them back in the day, as you guys probably remember. Uh, the guys that are around anyway. Uh, me and Elliot all last year did it. Probably up to I don't know around episode fifty of the podcast. Um, and we used to do them kind of every other on our podcast, but we're going to start doing them just here and there when we can. Um, it's not going to be kind of as scheduled or um, anything like that. We're just going to be going live when we can. Um, so hopefully we're going to be seeing a lot of the same faces in here as we have in the past. Um, but yeah, 
I'm I'm really excited about going live again. I I love going live, and I, I I used to do it on my channel a lot more than I do it now. So I'm excited about it, and we're gonna go live on Instagram as well, right? Yeah, let's go ahead and. So those those of you guys that are just dropping in, just uh, feel free to throw some questions down there, so we have a bank of stuff to hit if we get to it, and we're gonna um, connect to Instagram and all that. And then we're going to start our main podcast. This is actually podcast number 100. Yeah. So kind of a celebration, right? Yeah. Awesome. It's uh, it's been a long road getting here. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, we're definitely pumped to be doing them live. Um, but for those of you that don't know, and I'm assuming most of you guys do know, but um, we do the duck gun podcast every week. Elliot and I, we've been doing all off season. So if you're behind or you haven't been listening to them, jump over there. Um, and there's a ton of content, waterfowl content right there that you guys can listen to and hopefully get you right through your duck depression. Yep, for sure. I, I know that I've been, now that I'm summer Elliot off for, off for a few months, I've been doing a lot more exercising and listening to all the episodes of Duck on Podcast. And, and I've been, in, I'm quite a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not uh, what we call it conceited or anything like that at all. So. <laughs> well, if I thought our podcast sucked, it would be hard to show up every week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> all right, we ready to go live on Instagram as well and then get this yeah, thing kicked let's, off? Let's are we going to go too. my channel or your channel and then combine them, or what are we going to do? Um, I'll let you start it. Okay. So Hey, um, what's up, Matt? Man and up then in the you chat. drop in, right? Oh yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. You can tell we, we're uh, two tech savvy individuals. <laughs> All right, I'm live on Instagram now. Hopefully there'll be some people dropping in here. And Instagram for you guys is uh, Duck Gun Chronicles for me and Freelance Duck Gunning or Elliot. Got some people dropping in. If you're watching me on Instagram, hang on. I'm gonna get Jordan in here. We're gonna start. We're gonna do our whole podcast from Instagram and YouTube live stream tonight. So now, Jordan, you got to ask. There we go. Got to get you on here. Yeah. Come I accepted. Are you in? Uh, I should be here. Let oh, me go ahead and turn my volume down. Me too. We can hear each other over the headphones, so we don't need the um, <laughs> Instagram audio. All right, I got my volume down. Got some people jumping in. I already have 12 on Instagram and six over on YouTube. If you are just popping into um, the Instagram live here, um, you know who this is with me. This is Jordan from Duck on Chronicles and also my partner from uh, Duck on Podcast. And tonight is our 100th podcast episode. So we decided that we were going to go live both from YouTube and from Instagram for this 100th episode. So feel free to bombard us with questions or comments or anything you'd like to hear. We've got an agenda we're going through, but we thought it'd be really fun to go live from both of these platforms. So what do you got to say, Jordan? Um, what's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us. Um, it's been an awesome road to 100 with Elliot. So, <laughs> Yeah, it certainly has. It's certainly been a... Um... A, a great benefit and asset to my life, certainly. I'd say the partnership with you and the, the friendship that we've um, actually built over the last year has been fantastic. So we're going to go ahead and start off by talking about um, kind of how it got started. And so, Jordan, let's just start with, because I know where I jumped into it 
Um, when did you decide that you were going to create a podcast? How long were you thinking about it before well, you real jumped quick, in? Before we jump into that, let's go ahead because we, we got to do a kind of a little intro for the podcast. That way we got it for the audio version. So oh, sorry. you guys are seeing a little bit of um, what you want to call the backstage. Or <laughs> My goal is uh, to make as many mistakes as possible. No, so no, that that's, when that's it comes good. to editing, Jordan has to do as much work as he can. My favorite yeah. is in the middle of the podcast, just stopping multiple times. So he's got to dig through there and read them all out. <laughs> no, no. Here's the best one. It's just, uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, Izzy's got to go to the bathroom real quick or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get somebody to go take her to the bathroom. So Very well, true. I'm at the point now where it's just, it's become part of the podcast and we don't, you know, we don't, we don't let the little flub ups and stuff it's just part of the podcast at this point so and i think that's fine <laughs> yeah all right roll the intro then all right let me go ahead and make sure we're recording over I here i way jumped the gun on that didn't i no that's all right i think you just you're just in the mode of talking and producing content and all that kind of stuff and we just but we got to start the podcast now so we got we're live on both places now you guys are gonna see kind of the back end of how we record a podcast all right What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host, Elliot, freelance duck hunting alongside me. And we are here for the 100th episode of Duck Gun Podcast. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I am doing great. I cannot even believe that we have made it this far, that we've got 100 and full full steam ahead from here, man. I'm loving what we're doing here, and I'm really excited about the future. Yeah, no, uh, it's been awesome. I'm glad. I'm so glad we that we started the podcast. I'm so glad that we joined up um, on this endeavor. And like I said, full steam ahead. Everything's going great on it. Um, couldn't ask for the podcast to you know be doing any better, and couldn't ask for a, a better audience um, and listeners uh, as well. So certainly, I just feel like that um, God continues to bless my life. I mean, five years ago. I had a singular job and I was fixed in it. And now it's like, I've got this YouTube channel. I've got this podcast. I've got this website that I've created. I mean, it's like, I never ever intended any of, to do any of this. I never set out to be like, okay, I'm going to try to build a following. It was never even on my radar. And it's just like, you know, four years later, it's like, Oh wow. I didn't expect it. What, a, what a gift. And blessing yeah. is adds added so much um, enjoyment to my life, honestly. Awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. You ready to kind of jump into, well, I guess before we jump into it, um, this episode is going to be a little different. Um, normally, we just jump into a, t- a topic or jump into um, a guest. And uh, today, we're going to be doing it a little bit different. Um, we're going to be talking about the 100th episode, talking about kind of our road to here. I know, I mean, the podcast is growing all the time, so we're, we're having new listeners join us all the time and we kind of want to share some of that with you, you know, let you guys know a little bit about the history, um, and how, how, how we came to get to where we're at now. And then from there, we'll, we'll jump into our normal waterfall topic. Yeah, we've got some good um, topics that we're going to hit. And correct me if I'm wrong, but um, we're taking questions or topic ideas from actual listeners, and we're going to hit two or three of those towards the, towards the second half of this, right? Yep, yep. We grabbed them. Uh, we've done in the Fellowship of the Duck Gun, Fellowship of the Duck Gun, we did um, a few, well, we did a kind of a 
I guess asking people what what topics they wanted to hear and so some of them that I, I don't think would make full topics we get grabbed a few of those and we're going to combine that into the second half of the podcast um, real quick before we jump into that Elliot can you move your phone back from your mic just a little bit I can try Let or your mic, my mic closer forward. to you <laughs> getting just a slight echo so we'll be good there all right. That's about as much as I can do unless we totally change things up. Is that no, any better at all? Good. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't hear. Um, no echo anymore. <laughs> but okay, your good. phone just fell over. Yeah. So. All right. And for me. those those of you that don't know exactly what we're doing, we actually, uh, well, we want to mention to you guys, we are kind of starting up something we've done back in the past where we're going to have um, some more live <laughs> podcasts. Bless you. Live podcast. Um, they're going to be up on Duck Gun Chronicles um, YouTube, and that's mine. And then um, also tonight um, we're doing something a little different where we're having the live um, on our Instagrams for Freelance Duck Hunting and Duck Gun Chronicles. So anyways, you ready to jump into it? I am. Let me try. I'm trying to set a little like uh, buffer <laughs> so that audio doesn't come through. Yeah, you got your got it turned all the way down. I do. To, uh, okay. Yeah, well. I'm just trying to put a little bit of buffer there in front of the speaker of that. So, okay. Okay. Maybe yeah, let's go ahead. I think and that'll be it, I guess. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. So where are we at here? You know the part where you started uh, talking before we started recording? (laughs) That's that's where we're at now. Okay. All right. We're all set and ready to roll. So we're going to talk about um, our history here. And so one thing, and I've actually, I've never heard this story. I've never heard you give this explanation, Jordan. But how did you conceive of the idea of going forward with a podcast? How long had you been thinking about it? And what, and what got you rolling on that whole idea? So it's kind of, you know, with, with that, it's kind of, um, strange, I think, because I never really envisioned doing a podcast and it kind of started, well, I never really envisioned doing YouTube either. So, um, it kind of stems from there, uh, started doing the YouTube thing just for the heck of it. Um, never really thought it would grow like crazy. Just saw other people like yourself doing it and thought it was cool. Thought it looked like a lot of fun. Um, a lot of way to share your memories and, and show people kind of, um, one thing I've said in the past, you know, do duck hunting justice. And that's kind of maybe maybe it should be our mission statement a statement at this point, you know, for YouTube and and the podcast as well, because it's just something that I really fell in love with and got passionate about really quick. Um, but the podcast, I'd listened to podcasts. Um, I mean, before pretty much before podcasting was so mainstream and it's more mainstream all the time, I think, with the podcast stuff. But um, so it kind of always been like a thought, like I know, I know about podcasts. It wasn't like it was something brand new to me. Um, and even before I started duck hunting, I was listening to duck hunting podcasts to get used to it. Um, or, or to kind of learn, I guess. Um, as I think a lot of, a lot of our listeners are kind of in the same boat. A lot of new people listen to podcasts, but, um, my thought from it was just, Hey, um, I'm doing YouTube stuff. It's off season. Um, what kind of content can I create to keep kind of extending my duck season, keep, uh, making the content, um, something that, uh, we both really enjoy. And so that, that's really where it, where it came from. Just, um, thinking I could do off 
season live stream type of show. And I never really envisioned, you know, how big and how quickly it would grow. So how long had you did, like you thought of it and then you started? What was the range of time in between thinking of it and doing it? It was probably a few months, uh, maybe a couple of months. It's probably a couple of months. And pretty much with anything I do, I kind of go either I go like uh, 110 percent or zero percent. And so when I when I knew I was going to do it, you know, I was going all out, you know, watching all the videos, figuring out how to do it. Um, you know, I was going to do it live stream. And so I learned how to do all the encoder stuff and made a sweet backdrop and, um, different cameras for guests and myself. And like, you know, my first episode like that, you know, I, I kind of made sure I had everything set up. So it wasn't just like overnight and do it. And there was some struggles to overcome. Like when you're doing like that kind of stuff, anything you do, it's, uh, I mean, you're on a shoestring budget, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, the amount of stuff I'd already dumped into trying to do YouTube from software to uh, getting a DSLR to all that kind of stuff. And then you're like, you know, go tell your wife. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go spend like a few hundred dollars more on just random stuff. It's just like, <laughs> you know, and it just it just all adds up, especially when you're small getting started off. Um, so, you know, I tested out different ways I could do it. Um, but I ended up, you know, different ways to try to connect my camera to my computer and all that kind of stuff. So there was just a lot of like beforehand before the first episode. So I know now when, when you came up with the idea, there was hardly any waterfowl podcast even going on at that time. Right. So did you see like a niche and be like, Hey, not many people are doing this podcast are becoming a big thing. This is a place I can jump in here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a, a part of it. You know, um, seeing that content and in the big guys, um, right then, um, was HP waterfowl and I'd listened to them a lot. Uh, and for whatever reason, they'd kind of gone into a law. I don't know if it was just a time in their life where they didn't have time to do it or what. And they'd only posted just a few episodes, um, that season. I'm like, man, there's a, there's a huge opportunity right here. Like those guys like were killing it with it. Um, so why don't I just jump in this kind of niche where I see an opening, you know, we already make content. I already make content. Um, how is this different than YouTube? And it's really, I mean, it's really different, but it's really a lot of the same. So um, that's kind of my thought with that. Um, and since then, as you know, um, HP, they're posting all the time. And we had, um, well, there's there's a lot of, there's tons of podcasts out there for Waterfowl that kind of in this last year popped up from big industry um, to Waterfowl magazines. Everybody's putting out a podcast, it seems. So it's like, the cool thing to do right now is make a, a duck hunting podcast. And I think it was a good thing that we got in right at the front end of that. I know and things in the last five years in waterfowl have changed so dramatically. I mean, before five years ago, there wasn't anyone doing vlogging style hunts on YouTube and that is just blown up and there wasn't hardly any content on podcast for waterfowl. And now that's blowing up. So, I mean, the landscape of entertainment as far as waterfowl for consumers has just i mean from five years ago to today has drastically changed for the better and man if you're a creator or if you're just a listener these are just great times um for waterfowlers right now as far as content and the ability i mean guys like you and i can make these youtube channels we can make podcasts i mean you know 15 10 15 years ago that wasn't even possible you know What a great time to be um, doing this. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. 
So when you started your when you started it, who who was episode number one? Refresh my memory. Now it's still on. You can still listen to episode number one on iTunes and, and all the places. But did you have Vir, uh, Thomas from Virginia? Was that episode one? Yeah. So episode one, Virginia Outdoors Unlimited, and that was kind of like uh, I felt like my in for like doing content. Like I knew some of these guys. We messaged each other on videos. Um, so I know it was it was. Uh, Virginia Outdoors was number one episode. Mid Valley Mercenary was number two, um, and I don't remember who was number three. And I'm pretty. I think sure I was number three. I think I was right after Mid Valley. Yeah, okay. I was looking at it today. I think he was two and I was three. Yeah, I believe. And so my plan was just to like get all the YouTubers right. Um, we already know all each other. We all do the kind of the same stuff. So get them all in the podcast, and that'll be my end to start making podcast episodes easy. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, so one, one more question before we move on about just your, the way that your, your thought process, when you started the podcast, did you have long-term goals or were you like, Hey, this is going to be fun. Let's just see what happens. Or did you actually have goals? Um, I wouldn't say I had goals. It was just kind of like anything, you know, like, uh, with, the uh, the YouTube and with the, the podcast, um, it was just to make the content and, you know, it, it just have fun with it, you know. Uh, obviously, you hope that things go good, but you don't have. I, I guess I didn't have any crazy expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if, I know if you would have asked me there at level at episode one, um, you know, a hundred episodes, like man, I hope I keep doing them for a hundred episodes. Man, I hope um, it kind of blows up the way I think it will. You know. Yeah, I, I'd say a hundred episodes, and um, I, I definitely think that it's been been successful there's certainly been some some bumps along the way and figuring out how to do it but uh, um i I've, i think we're in a great place um i know that um i that was the first year that i um started watching your videos and kind of was getting acquainted to you uh, or with you and i know because that was the first year that you're you're really your first season of posting on youtube you'd done some other stuff beforehand but would you say that was really like your first all-in full season of recording on YouTube. So, I mean, that kind of goes back to uh, a little bit more of my um, history. And so the people who watch the content and listen to podcasts know that I'm relatively new to the sport of hunting. Um, if you want to call it a sport, um, not necessarily want to call it a sport, but I just did. So, <laughs> uh, but I was new to hunting, uh, new to waterfowl. I guess I wasn't new to hunting. I was new to waterfowl hunting. Um, and so like my first season was the the season before that and I did post some content but it was kind of sporadic and again it was something like learning along the way and then the next episode I jumped into it um you know hunting as much as I could and putting out uh, content as much as I could as well and so it was during that um the the 2000 and I guess it would have been 17 that I really got a glimpse of your videos and was was kind of starting to watch them and I remember that you reached out to me um, and just emailed me. And I don't remember. I should go back and look and see if I can find it. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what the first email was. I um, remember because I, I think I remember at least somewhat. So I'd reached out to you and I didn't like my channel was puny um, and yours was bigger. And, you know, um, you know, I was a huge fan. Right. <laughs> and so um, I think I had posted something like, hey, like I'm making content, I'm trying to, you know, post content as much as I can and make some good YouTube stuff. Um, and I wanted to work together on some stuff. Uh, pretty much I was like, Hey, I can make some videos for your channel to kind of help out oh, uh, yeah. and get, yeah. and get exposure for myself. That, that was my idea for that. Yeah. Um, 
And, and I have I think, that, you're not the only one that's contacted me about that. Um, I've had three, four, five people contact me and ask the same thing. Like, you know, can I make videos and, and send them to you and have you put them on? So that was not the first request like that, that I, that I had had. And, and my thing with requests like that is I am way too much of a control freak to <laughs> let someone send me something and put it on. There's just no yeah, way. Yeah, no, I hear you. At the time, I was just thinking like, well, I'd always, you know, kind of the way I'd understood collabing is kind of like uh, you want to do it in a way where you're adding value for both people. Well, I couldn't add value in a collab with you because my channel is so small. So you're like, well, almost all of those people probably already subscribed to me. So it'd just be like a one-way street. So my idea in that was like, um, or anytime I want to do anything, you know, collaborative, I want to make sure that uh, I give as much value as I'm receiving. And, and that was my only way of trying to give more value is, you know, help create content, which, you know, in hindsight, maybe, it, you know, it's not the best idea, but that's the only thing I could think of at the time. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with asking someone, um, you know, if you have ideas and collabing's a, a great thing. And I know I've sent out emails for collab to different groups and organizations. I've never even heard back from them at all. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with having an idea and sending it out there. And I certainly, I, thought you were a nice guy and I, I kind of knew you were already and everything. And, and then I know, I think on the second one, yeah, you're asking for some type of weekly collab. And, and I was just like, you know, I don't think that's going to work at this time, but it was interesting because it was almost like you dropped a little seed there. Cause you know, um, fast forward, we didn't really talk again after I was like, you know, I don't, we're not really interested in, and yeah, anything actually, like uh... that. I started disliking all your videos after that. Too. <laughs> that's where they all came from. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That, I'm just yeah, kidding. That's where all my dislikes came from. <laughs> oh, there goes his phone. <laughs> uh, hopefully not his whole computer. Oh, it was his whole computer. We just yeah. lost Elliot. Sorry, <laughs> right, guys. Is he coming back? Episode 100. We've never had anything like this happen. Elliot has to knock over his whole computer station. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to be right back after a short <laughs> break. Is your computer working, Elliot? Yeah, uh, for those listening on Instagram, yeah, we can hear you, um, or you should be able to hear us. Instagram's working fine for both of us. We just lost Elliot's computer, so YouTube end and podcast podcast end, we'll be having some issues. Like I said, Elliot's uh, stuff is kind of fell off there. I think he knocked his computer off his table. Um, and we lost his audio and video, so we'll, we'll be getting him back online for the YouTube, and I'll, I'll be editing the podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, can, I can hear you on <laughs> on here. I can't see video yet. So people on on YouTube will be able to hear you now. What do you have to say for yourself, Elliot? All right, there give me go. a sec. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to blame you for this is what's going to happen. Make, make sure to mute it on Discord. Yep. All right. There we go. All right, and we're back. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, do you want to know what happened? Does it matter? What'd you do? Yeah, what'd you do? Well, <laughs> I've got a very uh, jerry-rigged little setup here on, like, a little TV tray kind of table thing, and I've got to have my computer sitting on a box to get it up high enough, or, like, you're, like, looking right up <laughs> at my face. So the box is about the same size as the little table. So if if, like, when I scooted back... When I tried to scoop back the phone from the mic, it just was teeter-tottering, and at some point the weight just wasn't right, and the whole thing just collapsed and fell over. <laughs> so, Well, 
our, maybe our goal for episode 200 is have <laughs> have a real setup. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. This is certainly one of the reasons why we've decided not to go live. <laughs> We're going to work through it, though. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I, I think that I'm reset. I apologize about that, everyone. All right. Do you remember where we were on the outline? <laughs> Let's see. Man, I was just rolling with it. I was crushing it. No. <laughs> um, well, we, yeah, we were just getting done talking about how um, you had reached out to me oh, and yeah, the collab yeah. idea and how you had planted a seed um, in my mind of us collabing, us collabing on a consistent basis. So when I saw, I watched episode one. Um, I know I watched pretty much all of the first podcast. I think I, I don't know how much I watched of the second one. And then you asked me to come on and I love being on live streams. I love being on talking about waterfowl hunting. Um, and honestly, my wife teases me because I really am an, an, intro, an introvert, but when it comes <laughs> to like talking about waterfowl hunting or talking to other hunters and stuff, it's like, I'm totally not. And I keep trying to explain to her introverts can like to talk. It's just when I'm done, I'm really tired where an extrovert <laughs> likes to talk and they have more energy when they're done. That's the only difference. So um, when I, you had me come on um, episode three and I really had fun, really enjoyed it. And correct me if I'm wrong, because my memory is not always the best. I, I, in my memory, a while after I was on episode three, I contacted you and I said, what would you think about me joining you on this? Yeah, so it's kind of funny. So I don't even know if I've ever told you this either. But so I actually had you on again. So it wasn't too long. I had you on again on episode, I think it was eight. Um, and we talked about hunting rivers, uh, something along those lines. I think that's what it was. This is a long time ago. Um, so, yeah. And was it after that again. episode? That yeah, I so it was after that episode. And so I'd actually, um, you know, anytime I'm trying to think of stuff, I, I was trying to think of... Um, I guess like I was toying with the idea of having a co-host because a lot of successful podcasts have a, a co-host and I actually asked, asked my dad if he thought and I and I said hey I'm thinking about asking Elliot to be on the podcast with me and um <laughs> as a as a host and it was after the the second podcast and he actually advised me not to and it was nothing to do with you it was just he um you know and we talked about I think partnerships before sometime in life um, and whenever you have a partnership, it's just hard to have two people who are on the same level, have the same amount of passion for it. Uh, it's just, you know, anytime you have a, a partnership like that, it can complicate things for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one thing he's worried about. It's like, Hey, you got a good thing going right now. Um, just kind of wait to see how it works. And so, and I, and so that was my plan. I'd still was keeping it in mind and thinking about it and I, I wasn't even you know had decided if I was going to or not but then like you said you contacted me and I'm like man it's just like and, and I, honestly if I if I thought when I was going to ask you I wasn't sure if you would be down for it or not so when you contacted me I'm like well this is just going to be perfect so <laughs> yeah because at that point you know it's kind of like the go-ahead that you are kind of all in on it as well so yeah for sure and I, the funny thing was it's like in the first it's like I had something and you were kind of asking of me. And then like a few months later, you've created something. And now I'm kind of asking, you know, so, and it's been, it's been perfect. I mean, I feel like, um, our ethics match up perfectly. 
Um, pretty much every, our, our morals match up perfectly. Our wives get along great. I mean, you know, we haven't had any conflicts at all. And, um, I think that it couldn't have been a better match really. Uh, I didn't know how long we'd go. In fact, when I, I remember saying, I can't promise you I'll go through the season. Um, yeah. No, I remember that now. Cause I was Cause scared. I, 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 yeah. I had like scheduled and, and ideas and all this kind of stuff. And you were, you were worried about kind of committing so much time because you put a lot of time into youtube as well mm-hmm. yeah and once we got to season i'm like you know at that point in time i don't remember when we started actually getting um enough listens and everything to kind of bring in some sponsors on board i don't remember exactly when that time frame was i might have been even past that but i know i was having fun with it and i saw it growing and i saw the possibilities of it. now we've got a long way to go um, you know, we're still not the, not the biggest podcast and, and we've got a, so when we're talking like this, it's not like we feel like that we're this massive thing because we're not, but as far as our growth over a year, we're extremely happy with where, with where we're at. And I think at that time I was like, well, you know what? I think this can really add value, um, to what I'm doing and to my ultimate goal, which is to be a full-time, um, waterfowler media and other, and otherwise. So I'm like, you know what is, and I, I knew there was going to be days when, when I didn't, wasn't going to feel like doing it. Um, but I thought that, you know what, I, I need to, um, move forward and, and keep grinding on this because I, I like where we're going and, and, and most days it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. And, and kind of to add on to that same thing, um, it's, it's cool really seeing kind of the community we've grown to. Um, and it really wouldn't be anything without, you know, the cool, uh, community we got going and people contact us contacting us all the time and letting us know and so anyone who has contacted us you know just a big shout out and, and i always message you back and say you know and chat for a while and say you know really appreciate it but i want to say it again you know on here um and you guys know who you are a lot of guys even multiple times will will drop in there and say how uh how much they're liking the content and all that kind of stuff so we really appreciate you guys um for sure and it's been a long awesome road on the 100 <laughs> yeah and if you've yet to uh, become a part of our community the best way to do that really other than listening to the podcast but if you want to interact with us in the community go to uh fellowship of the duck gun on facebook because we are very active on there and and i'd say we respond to the majority of what people say and and there's posts that don't involve us that we're not in on because there is a lot of activity over there but that's the best way to get tied in to what we're doing in the community um in general Awesome. Well, um, I think that we've hit a lot. I mean, um, you know, as, as far as what's transpired over the last over the last year. Um, yeah. So kind of kind of to add on there, you know, like we said, um, not too much to pat ourselves on the bat or anything back or anything, but just want to say, you know, um, a huge shout out to you guys for sticking around for a hundred episodes and. Um, our first episode was January 2018. We're at 100 episodes now. It is uh, June 2019. Um, but yeah, we've kind of gone through some different iterations of live streaming on YouTube, live streaming on Facebook. Then we switched just to podcast, um, really kind of honing in our audio. Um, wanted to once once we saw how big the podcast was, or that it was going to be its own thing and not just kind of like a supplement to the YouTube. Um, we really wanted to hone it in and, and we really, you know, we got the improvements where we want them on the audio stuff, uh, figuring out a good way to do all that. All that's growing pains, you know, uh, starting out as a small kind of podcast too, guys. Um, but yeah, uh, the plans for the future, we're just going to keep trucking. Uh, we're going to keep finding awesome guests to have on here and, uh, keep pumping out content for you guys. 
Also, you know, the other thing we're going to bring back this season, we got plans to bring back um, our hunt updates. So it's going to be awesome getting the hunt updates on there as well when season comes around. That's one of my favorite thing is the hunt, um, the hunt episodes that we do. In fact, the hunt episodes are actually what I set out to do when I started my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel was supposed to be a log or a journal of what had happened on the hunts. And, and I never really did that until our hunt episodes where we talk, where we just go back and talk about exactly what happened on the hunts. And I find myself going back and listening to those quite frequently. Oh my gosh. The whole family's coming home. I'm about ready to. Okay. <laughs> the dogs, the dog almost knocked the table over again. I'm about ready to like my, my like frustration levels are like, cause people are being loud. Is it okay with everyone if I scream shut up or is that, would that be like something I shouldn't do? Hey, can you uh, tell them to, Elliot... to be quiet? Can you go tell them please? Thank you. Whenever Elliot gets frustrated like this, um, it's it's a good laugh for me. So he's over here. He's like grinding his teeth, and I'm just chuckling. I'm I'm sure it doesn't help your frustration levels at uh, all. But. Everyone rolls in from like baseball practice. Izzy's running through, knocking, almost knocking the table over. Things are getting thrown down in the kitchen, and it's like ah, okay, yeah, okay. So that's just part of the real. Maybe one of these days we'll have our own studio. <laughs> yeah, no, that's gonna be episode one thousand. Yeah, episode <laughs> one million. Right yeah. now, my studio is in my front room. Yeah, which is maybe not the best place for it. I'm lucky enough I I can uh, um, have everybody upstairs and be in my basement when I do my recording. Yeah, yeah. I don't have that luxury. But no. Anyway, sorry, I'm officially derailing this episode right and left. But one of the cool things about it's like that the live thing is the realism and and the things that take place and happen. So, but I wanted I want to get back to my point. Um, real quick is that when I started my YouTube channel, what I wanted to do was simply um, vlog about the hunt after the hunt. I just want to put the camera in my face and tell exactly what happened on the hunt so that 10 years later, I could just listen to it and hear it and know what happened on the hunt. And I never actually started doing that. And that's not what the videos ended up being because I was having fun doing doing just, you know, the videos. But on our on our podcast, when we do our hunt episodes, that's just what we're doing. And most of the times, like when I'm exercising and stuff, that's what I'm listening to. I'm going back and listening to those hunt episodes. And so that's just, it's invaluable to have that to listen to down the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been awesome. But, you know, I think that kind of concludes the first section of the podcast. Like we said at the beginning, this is going to be a little different because we want to talk about some of the history, bring everybody full circle who's uh kind of joined us from the beginning um, or joined us along the way. So, um, you know, 100 episodes. We're super excited about it. Super excited to bring you guys along um, for that. Also, we want to thank um, our partners along the way who've definitely helped us um, getting some improvements on, you know, software and audio and all that kind of stuff. So uh, definitely a big shout out to those guys as well. Um, I'm sure you guys enjoy having <laughs> better audio as well. So one thing we want to do, though, um, with the 100 episode, we've kind of decided we're going to have a little bit of um, gear that we can have now for the podcast. So that's a plan on that. Um, first thing we're going to do is we're going to do um, 
barrel stickers. We're going to have Duck Gun Podcast barrel stickers. And it's going to be um, somewhat what of a giveaway. The way you get them um, is you guys run over to the iTunes, shoot over there, and drop us a review. A five star wrote, or well, I guess I guess you don't have to give us a five star. I shouldn't I shouldn't force anybody to give us a five star. Give us the rating you think we deserve. Um, go over there, write it, write out the review. Um, so we're sending out barrel stickers for uh, one star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think we can say five star, can we? I mean, I don't know. Well, I just don't know if you go and give us a hate review with a one star that you probably don't want a barrel sticker. That's probably true. That's that's safe to say. So if you want one and you write a review, nobody troll us with the one stars. The the reviews actually mean a lot to us. Yes. So go over there, um, uh, shoot us out the review. Take a picture of it. Email me at Duck Gun Chronicles. Let me know you got it, and I'll send you one out. Um, What's the email address? Duck Gun Chronicles what? Uh, Duck Gun Chronicles at gmail.com. I guess you need the rest of it, right? Yep. Yep. So... Uh, duckgunchronicles at gmail.com and yeah um, also when you guys get them uh, you know share them out on Instagram and Elliot and I will be uh, you know sharing those through our stories or whatever on social media so that'll be a good way to kind of um, you know do something cool with the community uh, also another announcement we're going to have some hats uh, up on the website I guess it's uh, all that's a work in progress but want to let you guys know we're going to have some of those Richardson hats that everybody loves the trucker style hats I, I wear them almost religiously so <laughs> I never even heard of that have, kind of hat until you talked until you talked about because they are awesome hats but yeah, I had no idea there was like a there. name or anything yeah Richardson 112 or 112 P is for the printed ones but that's that's more information than most people want so um but yeah and we're going to have those duck gun um for the podcast duck gun hats so we'll, we'll we'll share that information when we have them up as well. So, all right, I guess um, right now is a good time to jump over into the kind of more informational duck, waterfowl hunting stuff that we normally do. So this is a great transition because on one of our reviews, which I had it pulled up, but now I don't. So that's cool. Um, we had someone ask about a topic. They said, I'll go grab it real quick. I'm going to grab it. No, can't. Okay. Um, anyways, they asked us to talk about water swatting and one of the five-star reviews. So here we go. We're going to give you a shout-out. Appreciate you giving us the review. And water swatting. Elliot, go. <laughs> water swatting. So actually, I'm glad we're talking about this today because I've been thinking about water swatting a lot lately because it's a conversation that we had one time on like episode... 47, 48, um, it's the one that talks about King Salmon is in the title. And if you want to hear like a in-depth, deep dive into the water swatting issues, Fumbles and Jordan and I do a good 20, 25 minutes just about water swatting and our opinions on it. Um, and I just listened to that today, actually. Um, and <clears throat> with water swatting, it's something that I've taken a lot of criticism about. And I know others have too, because if you watch my videos of freelance duck hunting, you will definitely see some water swatting. So I'm going to give my basic general idea of it, Jordan, and then you can poke holes in it or <clears throat> add or, or ask questions as you want. Um, when we never, we have never water swatted in the past because we thought it to be illegal in Kansas. And so that was just, we never, we never did it. We never thought about it. Well, we realized a few, two years ago that it was actually legal. And when we learned that it was legal, 
we decided, you know, I, I actually I decided I'm going to start swatting a few teal because I suck at shooting teal as they get off the water. They come down, they sit in the decoys, I'd hop up, they wouldn't flush, I'd yell, yell a couple times, they'd flush, I'd miss them. And this was like a habitual thing. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna swat a couple of these little suckers when they're in that situation. Now, um, <clears throat> I soon started getting on my videos a lot of really emotional people, very angry, saying, that's unsporting. Or that's unethical. And I did a lot of, of soul searching and thinking about this. It's like, okay, is it unethical? Is it unsporting? Is it something I don't want to do? And through all of our conversations, we came, the three of us actually, it happened on this conversation I was talking about. We came to kind of the, the joint opinion that water swatting became a negative concept when they outlawed um, market duck hunting because when they when they when they used to market duck hunt it was mainly water swatting they'd have these huge punt guns on these little boats and they would just kill boatloads of ducks water swatting when they outlawed that they also outlawed water swatting at that time there was a, a, a divide in the waterfowl community you had the market hunters types of guys and then you had the sportsmen who just hunted ducks for sport and so at that time um the sportsmen heavily looked down on water swatting because it was hard on ducks it was just it wasn't classy it wasn't traditional water fouling so from that point it started getting uh it started getting passed down from generation to generation is this is not sporting this is not ethical this is something that we don't do um and i think jordan jordan and myself neither of us try to do a lot of water swatting um but it, it might happen from time to time i don't believe it's unethical i don't believe it's unsporting <clears throat> The reason I don't think it's unethical is because I'm I'm killing a bird as cleanly and efficiently as possible. If you're telling me that it's unethical, you're saying that it's more ethical to make the bird fly, hiring the chance of crippling the bird, lowering the chance of a clean, efficient uh, kill. And that doesn't make sense to me. Um, if you say it's unsporting, and I love, Jordan, what you said. Um, what, Jordan, what exactly was your quote on that YouTube channel about eating the duck? Do you remember what that exact comment was that you had for that? It's been a while since I looked at it's it. It's something um, about I'm not trying what's unethical or what's sporting. I'm trying to eat the duck or something. Your your basic yeah, point no, they was. Said, yeah, I remember kind of now. So pretty much they said, um, you know, why you're water swatting and um, you're not giving the bird a chance to get away. And I said I didn't want it to get away. I wanted to eat it. <laughs> yeah. he wanted, His job out there is to efficiently kill and and eat the animal. So I find it hard to think of it as either unethical or unsporting when what I do in water swat is I kill that bird every single time as cleanly and efficiently as possible, minimizing um, crippling birds, min minimizing lost birds. Now, I don't I think it's not as fun and I don't do it very often. And I probably out of my 101 ducks last year, I probably did it three or four times. So it's not something that I do very often. It's something I will do situationally. I absolutely do not feel that it's unsporting and I don't feel that it's unethical. I do feel like it, it possibly breaks the tradition of waterfowling. And I think that's the main talking point that those of you that are definitely vehemently against water swatting should, should use. Your argument should be, waterfowl is a sport of tradition it's deeply ingrained in the american culture and and the tradition of waterfowling is that we don't water swat that's not how we do it that should probably be your argument at the same time if i may water swat a few times a year and i don't i'm not going to lose any sleep over it i don't think that that's an issue yeah 
No, I think that's a good point, saying the tradition. You could use, like, a, a sports analogy for that one. I mean, you don't use your hands in soccer. That's just the way we play soccer. Yeah. And tradition so, is important. Tradition does matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and kind of to reiterate, yeah, I'm definitely along the same lines as that. Um, but from time to time, I do water swat a bird. Um, whether it's um, frustration, because <laughs> if you're having a bad shooting day, uh, if you really need to get one for your dog because you're having a bad shooting day and it's a learning dog, um, I think it's important too. Um, <laughs> and the kids, but yeah. letting kids water swap. Yeah, yeah. If you've got a 10, 11, 12-year-old out there, you want to make sure they get a bird and they're not that great a shot. Maybe they're going to hit a bird 10, 20% of the time and you may not get 10 passes that day, letting them water swat is a great way to make sure they have a positive um, experience as well. Yeah, definitely agree with that. So, all right, next question um, we have on there. Next uh, mini topic, we have long tail versus surface drive. And Elliot, I'm going to let you take this one as well. Um, my uh, my mode of transportation right now is paddle. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have definitely in, in our 26, 27 years of hunting, we've gone through a progression. We started with a canoe with paddles. We moved up to layout boats. We moved to kayaks along the way. Um, my dad started purchasing, but in fact, I can remember the first day I ever saw a long tail and I would love to see my face as this thing rolled by. We were hunting this shallow water <laughs> marsh that was so muddy that literally there's times that I know for a fact, the officer had to dig people out of the mud. I mean, this was like silt, knee deep, the worst mud ever. And, and we, it was excruciating to get around in this. And we had gone clear up this channel, slaved our way up the channel. We couldn't get any farther because it was just too much mud. And here comes cruising by this long tail, um, like a flat bottom boat with a long tail. I bet this guy was a Vietnam vet because he was like the coolest looking gray beard guy. <laughs> he had this huge, awesome Chesapeake Bay Retriever on the nose. And, and he just flies right by us. And we're just looking at him with like our mouths just dropped. Because at that time, this was probably... Oh, mid uh, early mid nineties, uh, probably early nineties, and, and and mud motors just weren't a thing, and so I had ne- I had never even heard of one. I didn't know they were alive, and I still get that um, with our surface drive. In fact, I got it just the other day. We were going out, and people will see it in like a gas station or something, and they're just staring at it like it's some kind of freak because they're not familiar with it because <laughs> they're really unusual looking. But so shortly thereafter, after my dad saw that. My mom was making good money at the time as a realtor. And it was like soon after that, my dad purchased one. And then they started just exploding to where they're everywhere now. Um, So that was the long tail. The first boat that we got like that was a long tail. And some of the benefits to the long tail are they will go shallower than a surface drive. Um, If you have, I mean, they'll go down to three, four inches of water. Surface drive, you're talking six inches to eight inches. And with the surface drive, the thing that's dangerous about a surface drive, well, I'll get to that later. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Let me step back. (laughs) But the long tail gets very, very shallow. They are, if I have a really shallow water marsh that I'm going to hunt before the freeze up and I'm not going to be going on big water, I'm not going to be going on big rivers, I'm probably going to get about a 14 to 16 foot um, flat bottom with a long tail on it. And you, those long tails, some, you can get them as low as 15 horsepower. They go up. They are very difficult to steer. And there's no steering wheel or anything. You just hold them and crank. And they're, <laughs> they can be extremely difficult to steer. Um, so <laughs> advantage is the shallow water. 
and advantages. They're better on extremely light boats and better on um, like prairie marshes and things like that. Um, and so they're, they're a phenomenal, phenomenal boat. In a certain situation, I would definitely pick one over a surface drive. The reason that we then shifted and went to a surface drive is we started crossing more reservoirs and we started hunting more rivers. Now, I know guys with long tails that still hunt those situations, but when I'm in, if you have a bigger boat, like right now ours is an 18-foot well-built boat, and it's extremely big and it's extremely heavy with high sides. It's a lot safer. So you get in it and you feel sturdy and safe, unless you're in the dark and you're up on a log, other than that. (laughs) (laughs) And Jordan screams like a girl and gets scared. (laughs) But they're bigger, they're sturdier, they're more horsepower, they run faster, and they can push a lot more of, of a load. So like our, um, now let me say this again, I am no expert on these subjects. So I am giving you the best of my knowledge of, of what I've acquired. If I, if I, if I make some errors, feel free to correct me here on Instagram or YouTube, or if I make, uh, or come over to a fellowship of the duck guns and, and we can take that um, conversation over there. If you have, have a different, different opinion, but ours is it's a, probably- Probably best way is just to send straight hate mail straight through his Instagram yeah, I, DMs. I, that's all right. <laughs> I like being contacted, good or bad. Um, so the surface drive is certainly, it can still do the job in the shallow water marshes. It just doesn't go quite as shallow, six to eight inches, 12 inches. Six might be a little bit, a little bit low. If you get that thing up on a full, um, if, get it up on plane. And this is the thing that's kind of scary about, um, the surface drives, if you get them up on a full plane, you can go in three, four inches of water. But if you stop, you are screwed. Once you get that thing up on plane, I mean, you can just go. Um, but if you get, if you all of a sudden stop and, and you're not going to get it back up going again, but it, it will go, they're amazing motors. The, the surface drive is the amazing motor. So um, for me and what we're doing right now, which is we do some shallow, but late season, we do a lot of night, um, dark, late, lake crossings we want to go on the big rivers so i would not want to go to a um, long tail unless i don't believe that they have really powerful long tails but i haven't maybe maybe they have they do now and i and i didn't know it but to me i would rather have the big surface drive that's more horsepower pushing a bigger boat with higher sides it's more stable on the big open water. So as far as pros and cons between the two, I would say if you're, if you're exclusively going to be in these shallow water areas, um, and you want a little smaller rig, smaller setup and with a long tail, they'll work on, um, um, the bigger layout boats too. A lot of guys will have a layout boat with a long tail on it. I've never seen a surface drive on, um, on a layout boat like that. But so if you're focused on the shallow water areas, um, it's just gonna be you and a buddy, you know, that long tail with a 14, 16 foot boat's perfect. But on the, like on the river, we want to pack as much gear as we can. And we, sometimes we put our kayaks on, on the boat as well. We've put as many as three kayaks on top of that 18 footer. So we just want something bigger, bigger boat, more stable and safe. So hmm. I would say, and I do see Craig Orr said there's a 35 horsepower go devil long tail. I see him say that. And I, I would be curious as to how that would do um, on a 18 foot well built compared to the surface drive. So I'd be really interested to know that, um, kind of I'm outside of my knowledge range. If you get a 35 horsepower long tail as to whether it would be, um, better or, or worse. I know it's easier to steer a surface drive. And we had times with our long tail where if you get it out, if you're turning sharp enough of a curve, you can lose control of it because it digs in and you're, you, you can spin out. 
And uh, we've never had that had that happen with the Surface Drive. And I know that that um, the maneuverability is certainly an issue in my experience between the two as well. All righty. And another one we wanted to hit up was on Force Fetch. So, um, do you want to go ahead and talk about your Force Fetching with Izzy? Um, why don't Why don't you start with where you're at with Chief? And okay. you're kind of road with him and then I'll follow up with my experience with Izzy. All right. All right. So I've had, you know, I've, I've kind of made some of these questions on Instagram stories. I do a lot of dog training Instagram stories here in the summer. Um, so I got a bunch of, uh, you know, dog people to follow along and give me advice. So I, one of the questions I posed is, should I do the force switch? And I had, you know, I had multiple people saying, yes, it, it's just such a benefit to do it. And then I've had some people, you know, you got to be careful. And I think, um, you know, and I think those are kind of the individuals and the, the more professional people are saying, Hey, go for it. You got to do it. Um, but I'm kind of leery about it just because, um, well, one thing I've always heard with the force fetch, if you do it wrong, you can kind of diminish the drive of your dog and chief. If you put him on a spectrum, he's, um, probably below like middle of the row as far as, um, drive goes and his drive has gone up, um, substantially just going through all the training this year that we've done for lining and blinds in place and and working all through that um and so i'm just worried about doing it myself being um a novice and then messing up something along the way so right where i'm at right now honestly he'd, he'd hunt really good um and honestly i can keep going keep going on what i'm working with without force fetch so I, i've just decided i'm not going to do it for now maybe at a later point i decide to i think you can force fetch a job a dog at any point it's just if you get any bad habits but honestly at this point i don't think there's any reason to force fetch them so uh, i've just decided not to because um just of my ability or my inability since i'm a, i'm a novice at it mm-hmm. and with force fetch i think i should probably take a step back and make sure everyone understands what it is i'm not an expert on this at all i've done it one time with my dog and it was mild it was effective but not completely effective and so force fetch is applying pressure typically to the dog's ear to get the dog to fetch anything you want it to fetch at any time so and and there's really two camps right now you've got um one set of waterfowl dog trainers who they're using methods of applying and releasing releasing pressure to get a dog to do what you want. And then you've got another camp that that and I'm not as familiar with that training, but it, it doesn't involve the release of pressure. Um, so force fetch is and normally they, they they tell you to take an empty shotgun shell and just put it in your finger and you hold the dog's ear and you pinch it. So it's an ear pinch. And depending on the dog is depends on how much pressure that you have to give. So someone like Izzy, I had to give very little ear pressure um, to get her to do what I wanted to do. So the problem she was having is she wasn't holding the, the dummy all the way back to me all the time. And I couldn't just send her out. I, you know, I couldn't send her to a pile to pick up a bird. Or I couldn't, if there's a dummy on the ground, I couldn't say fetch it and she wouldn't fetch it. So you have the, this progressional steps. The first thing you do is you say fetch it and you stick the dummy into their mouth. If they won't do that, then you apply a little bit of ear pressure. And as soon as they comply, you release the pressure. So you're teaching them to do what you want them to do by applying and releasing pressure. And um, Izzy went through it in just several weeks. 
And by the time I was done, she was picking up everything I asked her to pick up off the ground. She was jumping in the air to grab things. If I just held it up, anytime I said fetch it, she would do it. Um, but it was ineffective in some areas later in her life. She still wasn't totally bringing the ducks all the way back. She wouldn't retrieve things off the ground in the field a lot of times. So um, it was certainly effective in that I could send her to get something and she would go get it, especially in the water. Um, so that's kind of like kind of what force fetch is. I plan, fully plan on force fetching Georgie. I'm going to follow the um, Freddie King and um, the, the personal trainer that's kind of working me through it is is Chris Jobman. I'm going to go kind of with this pressure system and I fully anticipate force fetching Georgie. If you get on um, these retriever, these retriever forums, you will have a lot of, well, you will have some people that are saying, don't do it. You shouldn't do it. Cause like Jordan said, you know, um, if you can't read your dog and you're applying too much pressure to a timid dog, you can certainly, um, do damage to them. But a lot of dog training is reading your dog's body language. Like Barton, I remember Barton Ramsey said, your dog is always talking to you. You just have to know how to listen to your dog. Um, and, um, that that's absolutely true. And so I fully anticipate, um, using, going through force fetch at, at some point in time with Georgie. I want, I want my dog, this next dog to be the next step up from Izzy. I want it sitting exactly where I tell it to until it goes. I want it bringing everything back to hand. I want me to be able to send it on any bird at any time. And I want her to pick that bird up. So I, I imagine that um, I will go through force fetch. And I'm, I'm seeing some comments here on YouTube of people saying, you know, I've never force fetched my dog. It's been very successful without it. Again, um, it's not something everyone does, um, but um, to get your dog to the level that I want my dog with the training system that I'm using, which is more the Freddie King tree, um, I fully anticipate using the force fetch. And, and if, if, if done properly and carefully, you know, it's not damaging to your dog. You're just, it's just, you're, you're applying pressure and releasing pressure, just like with a shock collar, um, which I plan on, on doing a shock collar as well with Georgie. So it's just pressure and release of pressure. And if you're careful, it's something that can be done, um, without damaging your dog. Awesome. Yeah, definitely agree on all that. So I think if on my next dog, I'll definitely plan to do the whole training all the way through. Just, just a little different with chief being, a. Uh, going on four now so yeah and there's nothing wrong with that decision you've made i mean it's it's uh, anyone who's training their own dog you know th they can do whatever they want to get their dog where they want to get their dog i know with my first dog my expectations were a lot different than izzy and with this next dog my expectations are going to be different than what they were the izzy with each dog i want to become a better trainer um and so i anticipate having to, to do the force fetch to get her where I want her. Now, maybe I won't have to, maybe, maybe that won't take place, but I'm anticipating it and I'm, I'm fully confident in, in doing it. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that pretty much concludes the podcast. Um, hit everything up. So, uh, appreciate everybody joining in, tuning in. Um, like we said, live stream podcast, number 100. So congratulations, Elliot. We made it. <laughs> We sure did. I appreciate you bringing me along on this journey, and I hope it's something five years from now. It's ten times as big, and we're still doing it. Awesome. I can uh, agree with all that um, enough. So, all right, guys, that's all we got for this week. Make sure to keep tuning in next week. We've got some uh, awesome content coming up. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Do we want to hang around and answer some questions if there's any?
questions? Yeah, or? that's 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 cool. So those of you that are on both live stream, Instagram, and YouTube, um, let's go ahead and hit up some questions real quick. Cause I know we had some that we that we didn't get to. Um, so yeah. let's go ahead and do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, I want to hit up YouTube first real quick. Right, I'll um, be looking through Instagram and see. Shout out to the guys. Uh, shout out to High Prairie Sportsman jumping in here. Passion for hunting and fishing jumping in here. We got uh, Travis Ward uh, jumping in here. FDH and Faith. Uh, passion for hunting and fishing. Foul Chaser. Uh, B Taylor Outdoors. Um, that that guy's a dog trainer as well. He's been messaging me here and there. Um, appreciate the tips and advice from you. Uh, we got Scott. What's up, man? My poison ivy. Uh, well, it's a lot better now. So, <laughs> show us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Don't uh, lose my YouTube uh, live streaming abilities. <laughs> you can get banned on Instagram and YouTube all at once. Yeah. If you don't uh, know, Jordan got poison ivy on his balls. <laughs> but the live stream right, ended because you can only go a certain uh, yeah. length. Yeah. We just hit the one hour mark. <laughs> So we can keep going on on YouTube or we can start over whichever one you think. Um, uh, it's really up to you, I guess, on that. Let's go ahead. Um, Getting back on here. Just Peter, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining in. Uh, sorry we don't get all your questions right away, uh, but we're glad to get them when we can. All right. I started it back up on Instagram just in case there was people on there that, that uh, wanted to ask some questions. So make sure and hit me up on that, Jordan, so we can. Did I send it as me or somebody else? <laughs> oh, you sent it HTR, but I can go maybe bring you in anyway. No, 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 no. no. I'll switch. <clears throat> I don't want to go as HTR. Okay. I want to go in as myself. <laughs> Was that in there as HTR the whole time? No. Uh-uh. Okay. So those of you that are just popping back on on Instagram, we hit that hour mark, so it cut us off, but we're going to do a Q&A section that's off air from the podcast. So go ahead and drop questions now. And we will get to as many of those as we can. Um, one th one question I did see on Instagram right before it cut off was someone was asking, how much hate mail do we get for cooking live dust duck breasts in the duck blind? I'd say zero. I have not um, ever gotten any hate mail for that because that's certainly something that we do from time to time. Is It's happening less and less. Actually, we started cooking duck. By, we started making fires and cooking duck um in the blind and on hunts and and once we started doing that we're like why don't we just bring soup so we started bringing <laughs> soup so anymore we don't um really eat duck during the hunts as much because now we're bringing chef Weardy and and whatever um but sometimes we'll actually i've done this before is put the duck meat inside the soup and cook it that way and i don't know if it's getting cooked enough but <laughs> it's good it's good stuff yeah so go ahead awesome. and throw any questions you've got uh, guys that's something I'll definitely hit up as well. I think I'm going to try to get a cooking setup for hunting this year. <laughs> uh, but when I hit up on the YouTube guys real quick again, uh, Jeffrey Puckett, thanks for tuning in. Migrator uh, Game, uh, thanks for joining in. Uh, Craig Orr, appreciate you joining in. And Zach Outdoors, another long time uh, <laughs> follower and listener. So awesome. But yeah, let's go ahead and uh, hit up some of these questions. It looks like uh, West... Uh, missed his whole name. Ask which kayaks we use. Um, I'll just answer this for the two of us. Yep. I use the Discovery, um, the Old Town Discovery. It's new this year, hybrid canoe, um, I've, and I've never used it. So it'll be the first time I use that. Uh, before that, I used another brand of their canoes um, just for getting around. So now I got 
the solo canoe hybrid that I can lay out in, and I'll be using the redhead layout blind and all that good stuff this year that's the plan anyway and elliot uses the h12 hybrid um ascend kayak yep love so it pretty similar love it let's just why don't i take questions from instagram and you do youtube and go back and forth that work sure let's go for that um alex calthorpe says he wants to see a review on the red zone 2.0 banded waders and you that will absolutely take place um there will be a review on the red zone 2.0 waders but i've got to get a pair and wear them for a while before they do that review but that absolutely positively will take place probably won't be until late october or november though i'm gonna do i'm gonna do multiple reviews of banded uh, and avery and jhg equipment so that'll happen all right um we got a question from Pretty Good uh, Brewery, and he says he just got a kayak, um, and he wants to know the best way to camo it. Uh, the best way is to get an actual blind, an actual manufactured blind. Um, you can do a lot of different ways to do it, and we actually just had an episode about this on the podcast not too long ago, talking all about layout blinds, so go check that out for really in-depth. Um, but there's definitely ways to do it kind of homemade, uh, but the best way, redhead blind, and get that all brushed in and ready for season. That'll be your best bet. $200 at Bass Pro. And we're not affiliated in any way. We're just letting you know um, the best way to do that. Bass Pro or Cabela's. If you want to do it yourself, the best resource, there's a YouTube channel called, it's either Kayak Guys or The Kayak Guys, and they have a video where there's three different types of blinds that they have built on kayaks, and it's the best videos that I've that I've seen by far. So either go with the redhead um, blind attachment, or go to those kayak guys videos and 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 take a look and check that out. And to tie on to that, Jacob Carpentier thirty three says, "How's hunting from the ascends going? It's awesome, especially if you get. I'm excited about Jordan getting the redhead blind attachment." Because if, if you're hunting out of a redhead blind attachment and you brush yourself in properly, we've been on this quest with layout boats for about, I don't know, 10 years to figure out the absolute proper way to do it. And we've, we've, we're there now when you get, you have to have everything covered up except for this. If you want to shoot mallards in close, um, all times of the season, every part of you has to be covered up and your boat has to be covered up perfectly. If you're talking three or four guys. And so with the redhead blind attachment, it's awesome. It's comfortable and you get yourself an HTR layout pad. I think it's called, I'm probably butchering the name of it. Is that what's layout mat? Layout. Oh, that's, that's a uh, layout pad. I got it. Enough, I got yeah. it. It makes it so much comfortable. It is wonderful. You can actually adjust um, how high you're sitting up in it. So with that HTR layout pad inside of the redhead blind attachment, it is so comfortable. And then the only thing you have to get by is sitting up and shooting, which is a lot more difficult um, thing to do but it's awesome you should try it all right jeffrey puckett asks he's got a question for you elliot um he wants to know uh why you didn't go back to your secret honey hole this year and hunt um the secret honey hole um do you th i think he's do you think he's talking about the one that i that i took pictures of this week the woodland hole 
Um, I guess Probably. I'm not sure, but I, I'm assuming it's the. I think there's one last year, not this last season, the season before that, where you shot a lot of ducks out there, and you just had hundreds and hundreds of mallards coming in there. Oh, well, we did but go I'm back not sure there. You, yeah, we went okay. back there. Some well, some of the places. If if you if you're talking about where we were pounding so many of them in season three, we did go back there. Just the habitat looked totally different. Um, if you're talking about what I posted on Instagram yesterday, which was our woodland hole, uh, it didn't hold ducks in. Was so it just the habitat. So we go, we have places that we love better than other places, but we go wherever we think our best opportunity to shoot ducks are. So if we're not hunting, um, like the hole where we've shot so many mallards season three and season four, we hadn't hunted that for three or four years just because there wasn't holding ducks. The conditions weren't right. So we have a lot of places. In fact, on my freelance hunt stats, I've got, I think 45 different hunt locations that we have access to. Um, and so, we just have so many of them, honestly, that now that might be five within the same complex, five different marshes. But we've got so many places we just go where we best think that we can kill ducks. And so, and that means we may go three, four years without hunting a place, and then one year we may hunt the crap out of it. So we've done enough scouting to get ourselves to the point where we just have lots of spots. Awesome. And then uh, kind of touch back on something we've already said. Zach Outdoors says he disagrees with uh, the redhead. So, you know, you can prove me wrong. I definitely have seen your pictures. I think it was in the Fellowship of the Duck Gun at some point. Uh, and you did have a really good-looking setup. I would say it definitely is easier with the redhead. Um, you can make it work doing the homemade stuff. And if you got the sweat equity and you want to pay the 30 bucks, I mean, more power to you. Um, I just worried about that for myself, just having any stress with it falling apart or anything like that. But if you got it working, awesome. What does he disagree with on that? That would be my question. You disagree well, that that's the he, best. Route he makes to a go. homemade blind. Well, he yeah, homemade, homemade blinds blind can be phenomenal. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's if you have the two hundred dollars to spend, um, it's probably going to be better built, and you're not you're not going to lose anything on cover. I can guarantee you that, and your effort is minimalized. If you're a handyman. And you really love the do-it-your-own projects? Heck yeah, do it. And I've actually seen Zach's um, in pictures, and it looks good. It looks good. So, I mean, if you want, if that's what you want to do and um, do it yourself, by all means, do it. You can make something just as good as the Redhead Blind if you really want to. Awesome. Oh, I like this one. Great to see you guys pro proclaiming Christ in your videos. I really appreciate that. I hope to do that more. Guys, don't forget to subscribe to um, FDH and Faith. It's our sister channels. Um, with me and Fumbles, and actually, we're doing a Bible study all through the month of July on live stream over there. So FDH and Faith, head on over, subscribe to that if you haven't, because we're, we've got stuff coming up. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. Um, Highlander of the North asks, or, well, first he says, congrats on the 100 episodes. Keep up um or keep my fix till the season comes and we'll definitely keep them rolling um appreciate that um but yeah the second part of his question he wants to know dream hunt location for the both of us and i i think i can answer this for elliot um he's been itching i can't tell you how bad he's been wanting to get up here to indiana but he's just not invited so <laughs> i go up there and go on a fishing hunt trip hang out with yeah. my man jordan yeah, no, I think uh, for you, the only way I'm getting you up here would be for an awesome salmon hunt or something like that. True. So it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> There's not, we do not have the waterfowl. I, you can ask a million people, and you're only gonna may, maybe get z zero people out of that million that say they want to come to Indiana to waterfowl hunt. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm giving it a little bit of a hard time. We do have waterfowl yeah. in Indiana. Um, you got to go to the right places, but 
I'm getting a little a little bit away from the question. Honestly, my dream would either be like South Dakota or Saskatchewan. Um, it just be the South Dakota, and it's a little bit more than waterfowl. I want to hunt some wild pheasant at some point in my life. Uh, big that was a big deal for my grandpa. He loved doing that, and so definitely want to follow in his footsteps on some of that. And he took trips out there all the time. So uh, add that to a waterfowl hunt, and it's like a dream hunt for me. So yeah, I'd say mine. After having Brent Birch on, on Arkansas, I certainly would like to go freelancing down in Arkansas, but that wouldn't be number one. Right now, number one would be, if you guys didn't see it, I put out a video about pike fishing. And um, there's a huge lake there where we're camping at, and you can actually duck hunt that lake. And if I could go and there's little cabins up there and rent cabins there in that area and stay for a week. And in that week, go on about three or four waterfowl hunts, maybe one full day of sharp tail and prairie chicken hunting. Um, actually maybe start out the trip like this. There's, there's pronghorn up there. See if we can't take a pronghorn. If after three days we can't take a pronghorn, we switch to waterfowl hunting and just hunt that whole sand Hills, Nebraska area and just kind of live in it for like a week or two right now. That would be my absolute dream trip and that it's going to happen. It's, I don't know about all seven days, but I am going to go up there and camp for three or four days and waterfowl hunt. And man, I'm, I'm pushing for our, you know, our new announcement thing we got coming up for that to be the next year, that area. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's yeah. The crazy (laughs) thing about the sand Hills is it's like people don't even hardly know about it. And I'm telling you, Jordan, when you get up there, I know that like, it looks cool when you see, um, the videos and stuff. There is a peaceful tranquility (laughs) about that place. Uh, Native Americans used to say each, each type of, um, geography had its own spirit and at, they actually believed of it as a like literal spirit being, you know? And I think what, what they were sensing is like, like you go to the mountains and it feels a certain way you go to the forest and it feels a certain way, right? The sand Hills in Nebraska has this peaceful tranquility feel that I've only experienced there. It is a remarkable place. Absolutely remarkable place. Awesome. <sighs> <laughs> so that was um, and then we've got another question from Zach outdoors. He says, what's your favorite hunt location? Uh, Sloss rivers, lakes, Eck. Um, you go ahead with yours, Elliot. Prairie marsh is central, central to North central Kansas. You give me a prairie marsh in October give me about a 35 degree night or 40 degree night and a 50 degree day. You give me a good mix of like pintails with some mallards slipped in there and some green wings. And you get there where you can just see the rolling Hills and no one else is around you. That's it. Nothing beats it. I was almost positive. You're going to say private club with flooded corn, but <laughs> I guess, guess I'm wrong. Laying on my Looking back in a your corn videos, field. It's hard to tell. <laughs> Uh, Laying in an ag field. Um, Give me that. Yeah. All right. Um, I would say for me, uh, dream, or no, it's not dream hunt. I'm getting confused on the question. <laughs> uh, my favorite place to hunt is, honestly, it's like little shoots off the river and kind of flooded areas off the river. I do a lot of that for my kind of public land. Um, and I wouldn't say, I just don't have a lot of options here in Indiana. So that's kind of the best way to get away from people and still kill birds. Yep. Very good. All right. This is 
Nate Robbins. Will Golden be able to hunt much this year? All of teal season, you'll be seeing Golden Boy. Lots of October. Outside of that, over Thanksgiving, he'll probably be around, and then Christmas break. But there will be a, he will not be around near as much this year as he was last year because he's off central Kansas um, learning how to repair those big windmill things. So, in fact, that's what he's interning, and we're doing that right now. I just saw him today, actually. Um, he's back for a couple days. So, but yeah, he won't hunt. He'll be around, but, and he'll still be putting out videos of his own about once a week, Cherry Creek Outdoors. Um, but you'll definitely see him this year, just not as much. Awesome. Well, you, you got any it's more? About time to wrap her up. Well, do we have any more questions? I'm having fun. <laughs> Uh, how many more you got over there? Do you have a new dog yet? No, July 8th, little Georgie. We're going to get little Georgie up at Flatlander Kennels. Um, Chris Jobman is a professional full-time trainer, dog breeder up there. Absolute stud. Um, he's putting out lots of cool content on Facebook. Look for Flatlander Kennels. And we go and get little baby Georgie on July 8th. I'm going to be videoing the trip. And there's going to be tons of little Georgie content coming out for you starting i bet you i have that video done by the 11th um, or 12th of july will be the first little georgie video but there'll be lots of instagramming before that for sure awesome that's uh you guys are going to pick her up on my birthday oh nice <laughs> nice i already feel connected yeah um, favorite football team high prairie sportsman ask i'm gonna go with arsenal united or whatever it's not the new england <laughs> patriots bandwagon boy uh, I called yeah. I called him out on that. He's cheering for the Patriots. I'm like, what in the heck are you doing? You either you're <laughs> right in between Denver and Kansas City. And he actually had a pretty good response. He's like, well, NE was the you know New England, and when I was a little kid, that seemed kind of like Nebraska to me. So I started rooting for. Him. <laughs> okay, well, all right, all right. That's that's a cop out answer. He's probably got a tattoo of Tom Brady on his back or something. Or his butt. <laughs> <laughs> probably not there <laughs> he might yeah mine would certainly be the kansas city chiefs and um you guys are going to hate patrick mahomes by the end of his career every single one of you non-chiefs fans are going to hate that man when it's all said and done <laughs> hey they did actually good last year oh man he's a stud <laughs> my favorite team last year was uh or last year <laughs> yeah. my whole my whole <laughs> Last year it was the Patriots. The year before it was, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, my my team, my whole life was uh, the Colts. I'm honestly not a big like pro football kind of fan, um, but I did watch the games a lot. It was fun watching Peyton Manning. Um, then he retired, and we've been trash ever since. So it's kind of been rough. Um, I honestly I like college football a lot more. Um, and again, hard to watch Indiana ba or Indiana football. I'm a big Indiana basketball fan, but their football is nowhere near as good. And so it's kind of like if you're watching them, you know you're going to lose like 50 percent of the game. So it's kind of rough. Yeah. Um, and a lot a lot of the guys in my area are big Notre Dame fans because I'm not too far away from Notre Dame. Um, but I'm not a diehard Notre Dame fan either. So yeah. So I just I, I like football. I like watching the Hoosiers, but it's it's um yeah, I'm gonna duck hunt more than I'm gonna watch football. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I drew a big line in the sand a couple years ago when I went waterfowl hunting on a Sunday during a Chiefs playoff game because I was like, No one's gonna be there. I'm going. <laughs> and I've done that twice now um in the last five years. So that was kind of a big it's like waterfowl hunting, 
sports in that order, yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, all right, Jordan, a banded Drake Mallard, or I'm sorry, a banded, this is from Nate Robbins again, a banded black duck, Drake black duck and a banded Drake Mallard come in together. Which one do you take? A banded black duck, Drake, Drake or Mallard Drake come in together. Both banded. So well, it seems like the easy choice is Black Duck because you're not going to see very many over your life. Honestly, I'm more expected to see a, a, a banded mallard. I've never shot a band myself. I've been in groups where we've shot bands, but I haven't done it myself. So it really would be really special, my first mallard. So I really want to get that. But it's like if you see a banded Black Duck, um, you know, why don't you just wait for them both to land and water swat them in one shoot shot? <laughs> <laughs> or just shoot a double. But which one do you take first? I'd definitely take the black duck first. I've shot two banded mallard drakes. I only have two bands in 26 years. And mm-hmm. they were pretty close together. They were within like three years of each other. Um, I, we rarely see bands at all. Mostly if we see bands, it's going to be on geese. But yeah, I take the black duck. I've never shot a black duck. It's my biggest bucket, li- bucket list duck. So there's that's a no-brainer <laughs> for me. Yeah. All right, I'm to the bottom here. You see anything else you want to hit? Um, I think we got pretty good. Pretty good breweries asking if there's lots of public land duck hunt in Kansas, <laughs> or do you do more private land? That is definitely we hardly do any private land, but the public land hunting is is limited. You got to work hard for it. It's limited. Um, but that's all we do but it's certainly limited. Yep. Um, Zach asked about picking up bands off roadkill. I've actually, I've, I don't think I've rarely see roadkill as far as waterfowl yeah. and I've never checked either <laughs> for bands. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. You got some off that. <laughs> you got see a duck that's been run over by a car and pick up a band. That's gotta be one in a million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up the questions. I think so. All righty. Awesome, guys. Thanks for the questions. We'll make sure to do a Q&A again um, at some point for sure. So Yeah, and while you guys you know, are here, not, you got any- while you guys are on the channel, go over and look at some of Duck Gun Chronicles' videos. I'm sure you guys are bored. Go watch some of those hunts. There's a bunch of good ones there. Awesome. Thanks. And Elliot's likewise. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I guess that's about it. If you guys have any questions in the meantime, um, feel free to shoot them over to us on any of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Fellowship of the Duck Gun. We get a conversation rolling with the whole crew. So that's all we got for tonight, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys on the next one. <laughs>